So here we go. We're starting. We're uh, here at VaynerMedia. Who am I with? What do you do? Why are we here? Um, so what was it, like Monday, Tuesday? Mm -hmm. I got a text from you while I was at the gym, yeah. and you were like, yo, we got to do this interview because we had one in, planned in Boston before. Yeah. Yeah. Got canceled. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to be in New York like yeah. this week, and now we're here. Yeah. I, I'm Mark Metry. Yeah. Um, I host a podcast. I run a business. I'm a, um, I'm a son. I am a... You're gonna be brother, I'm gonna be an uncle. I'm I'm just living my life. Nice man. Uh, yeah. What's the name of your podcast? Humans 2.0. Uh, I like to get all the the big shit out of the way right <laughs> away because uh, I don't want to talk about the business. I want to talk about you, right? Good. So uh, let's talk about uh, Humans 2.0 real quick. When did you start it, and uh, how has it gone? Yeah, that's a good question, man. So. I ended up starting my podcast. I got the idea for it in like the middle of 2017. Mm -hmm. Started sort of executing on it in like late summer, August. Started to understand the potential of the podcast towards the end of that year slash beginning of January in 2018. And I just, you know, the sole intention of it was not to brand myself was not to like sell services was not to you know even like create my own personal brand or anything like that but I just from my own life sort of began like this obsession of doing all the things that I do great and it's like what better way to learn or to expose yourself to that idea from having like a direct conversation with the who's who right yeah and so I sort of sought this out in my brain. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna build this podcast platform sort of as an engine to get these people to talk to me so I can learn from them and maybe, you know, expand our relationship, do X, Y, and Z down in the future. And the way that I did it starting a podcast, that's what I knew how to do. Um, well, let me rewind. Yeah. I, I interrupt a lot, so just good, get used to good, it. Good, 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 good. <laughs> when you say, I had this an idea for a podcast, like, what the hell does that even mean? Like, <laughs> what, like, you're just sitting around and you're like, podcast, but why did you choose that medium, and what do you mean, like, I'm going to start a podcast, like, why? Yeah, I mean, I think you should know, like, a little bit about my history, man, Let's so, um, oh, man. So I want to say in 2009, 2010, mm -hmm. 2011. How old are you again? I'm 21. Yeah. So I was born in 97. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to say when I was like 12, 13, 14, mm -hmm. I actually started making YouTube videos. What? Yeah, online. Before YouTube was like YouTube, before it had hit, like people had tens of millions of subscribers <laughs> and the, the way that we view it now. Yeah. So I just started doing this thing, just sort of like stumbled into it randomly. One of the other content creators that I was friends with, he was like, yo, dude, we got to start this podcast. And like we did it for like an episode and then just completely stopped because like we had no idea. We didn't even know what a podcast was. Yeah. But like I technically started my first podcast when I was like 13, 14, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and so I've been on the internet like when I was 15, I ended up starting this six-figure business just from like a video game online and so when it came to like the online stuff like no problem technology I'm good <laughs> on all that and so I was aware of it right and the reason why I chose a podcast is you know these people get emailed so often they get you know message they get hit up they're like hey can I 
some random person, hey, can I have 15 minutes to pick your brain or oh whatever God, people dude, ask, right? Don't ever do that. Pick your brain is the worst. I'm sorry. That should no, 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 no. 100%. <laughs> I, like, I, I hate it too. And it's like the way that I found to differentiate myself is like, okay, I start this podcast thing. It's going to start off small. But then eventually, once I can scale it to a level, it can actually provide value to some of these people that like want to promote their book, their whatever. And so that was just kind of the mythology. Like, how do I set up like a win-win scenario that is going to enable me to grow my connections, which in turn is going to enable me to step into a lot of different fields that I want to step into into the future and are like already start off not from scratch because I'll know the people, the who's who in that area. So that was really like the reasoning behind it. So here's the thing, man. Like Mm. we are aligned in that 100%. But I'm 17 fucking years older. (laughs) So, like, that's not cool. Uh, You know, like, you know, when I was thinking about this interview, I'm like, I wonder how much of an old soul he's going to come across as. And you don't. Like, Hmm. you're like 21, man. Like, and the thing is, your counterparts right now, it's Friday. They're already getting hammered and getting ready for a long weekend of debauchery and booze (laughs) and chicks or whatever, man. I I did that. So, so, like, what... I guess, like, my question is, what about you has made you aspire to understand the value of connections and business, like, so young? You obviously know that's atypical, but, like, what what's the deal? <laughs> like, I mean, how? That's a great question, man, and it's, like, yeah, I mean, to me, in my mind, I don't, like, view myself as that, obviously, and I think we are kind of like that. But when people ask me that question, you know, people look at me now and they either listen to my podcast or they look at the stuff that I'm posting. And it's like, if I could show you who I was internally and externally three years ago, like you would have no, no idea. Tell me, like, so, what's the difference? Yeah. So like, I'll tell you. Um, so when I was, when I was in college, Every weekend, I would do those things. Mm-hmm. And um, hold on, let me back up a little bit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so honestly, like, th- when I look back at my life now, knowing the things that I know, the, the main things that influenced me were this. Um, my parents immigrated from Egypt mm-hmm. a year before I was born. Mm-hmm. So they came here with, like, 200 bucks in their pocket, grew up on government housing, food stamps, um, when I was born, I almost died, <laughs> similar to your other previous interview. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, which I've learned now has created like this uh, shift in my nervous and my immune system, which created a few different health complications for me, which I'm sure we'll get into. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, my parents like really, really, really hustled. They were like the best parents I could ever ask for. Every, like I, looking back at it now, every step of the way they were like instilling values in me like as many times as they could, not just by talking about it, by kind of leading by example. And so, you know, we had that, we moved around a bunch because we didn't really have any money. We'd move up to this apartment building, then did to you this. Realize, sorry, did you realize that you were poor? No. Um, but I'll tell you what I did realize. So. As my parents got better jobs, as my dad eventually became the um, 
Um, he got a more secure job in this area out in western Massachusetts. Very rural area. Um, basically everybody there predominantly is Caucasian, yep. is white. Um, and so we ended up moving to this district that was pretty affluent. Um, obviously, me and my family were not affluent and I believe there was only like two or three other people in my school that were not white, including myself. So I was kind of in that scenario and it's like, when you combine that mixed in with like some of the health issues that I had and like every kind of environment that I stepped into, I just had like this overwhelming feeling that I didn't understand at the time of like, you're different, everyone looks different from you. Um, that started to kind of like build this very um, like survival, fight or flight, like mindset of like, okay, Mark, you get in this classroom, don't talk to anybody, just put your head down, wait until the class is over, you know, put your head down, walk outside, go to the hallway, you know, sit down at lunch with like two people that you're not really friends with, but just so you can like create this illusion so nobody comes up and talks to you because wow. I didn't want anybody. So I kind of had that going basically from, you know, ages like, like nine until all the way until I graduated high school. Um, it wasn't that severe as I got older. I slowly started to, but I was still very much this kind of underdeveloped kid. And as like a coping mechanism for all that, then that's where I got on the online stuff, yeah. the video games, which led me to the YouTube, uh, the Minecraft server that I made that eventually ended up making me tremendous amount of money, money that I had never experienced before. But How like your parents feel about that. <laughs> We're like, uh, uh, like So dude, it's like you gotta imagine like from my mindset, it's like I totally think this technology stuff is still pretty normal, even though I was at a I was still alive at a time where it wasn't like mainstream and I remember people would tell me like wait, you record videos of yourself and put them on the internet? It was like that time, right? So it's like from their perspective of not even having technology, for me to like buy a laptop from saving up my own money from like a single summer job that I did and just like pressing buttons <laughs> and money coming out is like totally something that's like mind blown. So like it definitely took them a while to like yeah. actually get it. But after that, they were just like, and I still don't actually think they get what I'm doing today, but it's like, they, they know what I'm doing is what I like, but it's like the best part that I got out of that is like in my mind, I kind of had like this American dream operating system mentality or like even like the immigrant mentality of like, okay, you, you start off here, you hustle, you work your way up, you eventually like get like a high salary job at a corporation, you buy this house, you buy a dog, you get a family, nice life, all your problems go away, you become happy. I hit that level of income when I was like 15, 16, <laughs> That's crazy. but at the same time, I still thought of myself as a loser. Mm -hmm. So like when I look back at that now, that was like the splint, like the wood splint that eventually began me having like some kind of cognitive dissonance and just like getting a little bit more curious about like, wait, what do I sort of want in life? And honestly, like for those few, first few years, probably caused me like more confusion more anxiety than I originally have by having that money, for sure. That's really interesting because like, <laughs> well, 
it took me, I mean, it was my last job where I was making a, a large amount of money and I thought to myself, I think I'm making more than my parents did combined, like, ever. Hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and my parents are immigrants as well. Uh, so we, nice. we share a lot. And the only difference between you and I and everything you just said was, number one, I wasn't smart enough to do anything at 15 where I could make money. Uh, I worked since I was 13 years old, all kinds of jobs. But um, we were in a pretty affluent place. Um, we were not, you know, not... We didn't have an amazing place. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Colombian and, and Honduran and, you know, it just it just looks just different enough. My, my tan was better than everyone's else. <laughs> you know, we'd come back from Colombia and I'd be wearing some crazy shit and, like, I could just tell everyone's looking at me. Like, Spanish, you know, people spoke Spanish at school. That was kind of weird. I literally remember... Oh my god, man. It, I, I don't know why this sticks out, but in third grade we had to read this book, and in italics, uh, in this chapter, it said Sangre de Cristo, like Blood of Christ or something. And uh, I would say it, I would read it in Spanish, hmm. and I could just see people looking like, what? And I adjusted to, to sound like Sangre de Cristo, you know, whatever. Oh, wow. Anyway, but um, so, so I, I completely get that, and I also get, you know, this mentality that happiness is, is a status, is a dollar amount, and, and all these other things, and it, and it takes a while to get over um, until you realize you don't need it or whatever. So, okay, so let me get back on track here, but I just wanted to share that with you. Because, <laughs> That's awesome, Because, man. I mean, it's just so similar. Uh, the actual difference is I really craved attention, and I went out and got it. I, I was like, tried to be super popular, I was just like wild, I would just misbehave, I was a dude who got, I, I got, there's a, in self-control in elementary school, it's like, you could get an O, an S, or an N for any mm. grade, outstanding, you, you know, mm. yeah, I remember and, that, needs um, <laughs> uh, improvement, knees I improvement. get N's in self-control all the time, my mom would be like, she'd yell at me, and I, it was so funny, because I was like, that's not self-control, <laughs> but anyway, all right, man, so, so, so you kind of got to this point where, in a lot of people's eyes, you, like you thought, were successful. Um, and it kind of exacerbated some things, it sounds like, you know, like once you had the money and it confused you a little bit. So what what were any indicators, or not, not indicators, but moments where you started to have clarity and, and kind of think deeper? Um, and like, what, what did that lead to? Yeah, so up until high school, zero. I never thought out of my frame of mind and it wasn't until sort of high school ended where the only thing that I thought was like I don't really know what happened but all I know is that I don't want that and I just wanna try to like shoot a little bit higher that's all I had and it wasn't until I ended up going off to college until I began to sort of expand my worldview uh, I had a great time. I met so many awesome people. Where did you go, by the way? Uh, WIT in Boston. <coughs> and I began to like just be more of myself. I began to come out of my cage a little bit. But I still wasn't actually me. And like, what I mean by that is this. I had like these, you know, I had the real Mark, like the real higher self, so to speak, that was built a sort of a foundation deep down within me but I realized that I had built up 
a bunch of crap, a bunch of different masks, a bunch of different like layers, the social anxiety, one was a layer. And like as I begin to trace back, it's like, oh, one of the reasons why I did that in that scenario was because, you know, my brain, my body was giving me signals based on the environment. Another one is like, that's just the easy way out. I don't have to speak myself. And so when I went off to college and I had that money and I sort of began like, it was positive on one note, but at the same side, I began like this downward spiral where I don't think a specific event triggered it or anything like that, but it was just like this looming, realization of me playing out my future of me okay mark you know you you don't act like your true self obviously it wasn't as articulate as i'm speaking to you now you're not acting like your true self you're going to be on this path where you know you go to this you go to college you finish college you get this job you end up working this job at this corporation doing something that you don't really want to do um, so it was both from a personal and a professional side and i was just like I don't, like I don't, none of that speaks to me. And this is like the deep down mark communicating with all these like superficial layers of different, um, you know, societal pressures, like, you know, go to college, become this, become that. And so what ended up happening is, you know, I tried to drown out like the real voice, like the voice that I think we all have deep down that kind of nudges us and pushes us towards these directions that deep down we know are right. And I was trying to drown that because I didn't want to deal with it. And I guess in one frame of mind, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to like kill this version of Mark and just move on like this superficial path of things that I don't want to do. So like, well, hold on, man. Like, <laughs> you said it was, I, I've been there. I know, I promise. Like I was there seven months ago, but you said it was looming. And, mm, you know, maybe, uh, this makes a little bit more sense to me just because you're young like maybe you haven't experienced so much yet but like it's looming it's 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 literally you're seeing the future but you're creating a path to make sure that happens yeah right but but here's the thing before i hopped into that i was continuing trying to take the easy way out mm -hmm. and you know i looked around me everyone does what they do right drink smoke, you know, whatever it is, eat this food, watch Netflix for four hours, all the ways that we participate in these activities to get our real selves to shut up. Yeah. So I had started to go down that path, okay? What that looked like for me was some of the things that I mentioned, mm -hmm. but I ended up like going down this path where all of a sudden like, a couple months later, I look in the mirror, I weigh like over 200 pounds. Um, my social anxiety had gotten even worse. I had just like stopped doing things and just stayed at my um, dorm for the entire day. And I just like fell into like this, this depression that I've like never had. When I look back at my life, I don't think I was ever really depressed. Social anxiety was like the real thing for me that I faced. Depression was sort of like something that was always on like a secondary level, but like I had never really felt in my mind like real happiness, but I like got hit with this depression hard. And I it got to a point where I literally could not fall asleep because my thoughts were that bad, they, couldn't, they wouldn't shut up. So I would literally just, um, the best thing that I figured out to do would just like walk around Boston, 
uh, at night, like when I couldn't go to sleep. And honestly, when I look back at that now, that's where I, I'm, I'm like slowly starting to piece this together because this, this happened fairly recently. And it's like you get perspective after yes. things happen in a oh, while, yeah. right? And so that is where I look back where like the real Mark got like real honest and quiet with himself, didn't have anything to distract himself with, and just like slowly began to like unravel who the real me was because I didn't even know who I really was. I was just like this person. I had a couple of quick superficial financial successes in my pocket that indicated me that I was like meant for something bigger, but yet my behaviors and my actions were not matching up to that. And then next thing you know, I'm doing all these things that I think I, uh, I wouldn't do. I, I, I'm over 200 pounds, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I just completely sort of lost touch with myself even more and started heading in like the other direction. So that for me was like, sort of like my version of yeah so so i read what you wrote on linkedin yesterday mm. uh talk to me about that because i want to hit on 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 how you were finding yourself when you were outside of four walls and you were outside at night on boston streets but at the same time there's also very dark moments so like, <laughs> talk to me i mean because they contrast completely right yeah like, you found yourself but you almost lost yourself. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, so I, a, a few days ago, I ended up recording this video that, um, you know, it was cued because I recently premiered like the 200th episode of my podcast and I had one of my friends actually interview me yeah. for like this hour and a half thing. And that's because awesome. everyone always asks me like, what's your story? I've dropped it in a bunch of things. I did an interview with Forbes. That's probably the best one. Yeah. But I wanted to have one on my podcast. And it's like the reason why I'm sharing the story is not to, you know, have people look at me like some kind of like, you know, like, uh, what, like, you know, rags to riches, even though I'm not really there yet, or like some kind of a sob story. The main point of it was this. Um, so on the interview, I was sharing my story of how when I was on those nights out in Boston, um, I kind of one of the main m motivating thoughts in my mind was like, how do we sort of end this? And I didn't have any of the sort of mental tools that I do now. Mm -hmm. And the main thought that I had in my mind is like, dude, just end it. And I would have never taken my own life. I wasn't getting thoughts of like, buy this thing, hung, I, never. I, I don't think I would have had, there was a little corner of my mind that I saw was starting to get there. But on the street of Boston, when I was walking many, many nights for many weeks, like I was like low-key like just fantasizing about like just some person walking up to me mugging like shooting me in the face and just ending my life because I didn't know how to respond with what was going on and that for me was the way that I was trying to solve it and like the reason why I talked about that is when I told my friend that on my podcast he was like dude T Tim Ferriss which I'm sure everyone knows when he was in college he also tried to do the same thing. And now he's got this podcast that's listened to by hundreds of millions of times people. Yeah. And he's saying that story because it's a very, very common yeah. event that happens where somebody that... How did that make you feel? 
It made me feel that I need to continue communicating this because there's so many, there's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that are unbelievably talented, that have so much energy, passion behind them, but maybe for one reason or another, you know, are lacking the mental tools, the environment. And it's like, imagine how much potential, like if Tim Ferriss killed himself, like just imagine all the things that would not have been done in history. And like, imagine how much problems around the world that all of these people could potentially solve with their lives, but they end up taking it for, you know, for, you know, nobody's killing them. Like, they're doing it to themselves. That's like the worst case scenario. Yeah. Uh, I love that you're, you're open about it, and I love that you realize you have a platform and, and a very legitimate voice to help. Uh, I've never heard anyone say that before, what you just said, which is you can solve problems with your, with, with your life. You know, like, hmm. with it, you can solve problems. Like, that's crazy. I've never, <laughs> I've never heard that before. Um, all right, man. So thank you for all that. Uh, I, like I told you at the beginning, I don't plan questions, so I'm going to switch gears because we don't have forever. Uh, yes. But anyway, so, okay. So let's talk about um, your relationships with, the podcast, your relationship with the podcast experience. So you mm. kind of went into it. Uh, you had a really good goal, which is just like, you know, just like, I'm just going to push it and I'm just going to go, go, go. And then, you know, I've heard from multiple people how you really believe in the consistency that, that it entails and everything like that. But well, tell me about yes. some of the times where you're just like, fuck this, <laughs> you know, or, or like, you is mean last really, week? <laughs> like, is this really doing anything? Like, talk to me about that because I think it's important yes. for people, whether it's podcasting or any entrepreneurial journey, to kind of realize, like, high, uh, someone said it just perfectly. It's the simplest thing. There's high highs and low lows. You know, like, talk to me. Yeah, for sure. So when I look back at my life, when I largely look at other people that I've studied, every single kind of external outward success has always come from some sort of a mental realization, revelation, uh, some kind of piece of their lives where they're vulnerable and they get um, honest with themselves. And so that was very much true for me. So like I said before, I started this thing at the end of 2017. In my mind, I was like, kind of like half-assing it, didn't really know what it was for. I was like, I'm just going to try to do this thing. I was very inconsistent. I would record like an episode and then I would like wait two weeks and I post another one then I post another one like three days from that it was just all over the place I right <laughs> I had no idea what it was I had come up with the name humans 2.0 just like on a random um, it's perfect. run yeah. like in the middle of the woods that I th kind of thought of like the transformation that I did with myself and to sort of play that out and so it wasn't until like I literally remember this like it was yesterday, like the end, the last day of 2017 is the first day of 2018 is on New Year's and I just like took a look at things. I took a look at the podcast. I took a look at my business. I'm like, dude, this is not working like this. This is I don't know what to do. But what I did was I really just dug deep down within myself and I'm like, what am I doing that is not making this work? Because everywhere you go, you hear these people that are like, oh, I'm. Um, yeah, the reason why people don't listen to my podcast is because it's uh, it's over 50 minutes long and nobody listens to long podcasts. Or somebody will say, oh, well, I, I, you know, I wish I'd do this, but this person or that. It's so, like when you hear that all the time, it, it makes you feel like the problems in your life or the best way to solve them is 
you know, by blaming it on external things. But if anything in my life, I've learned that when you do the work internally, you see the work externally. And so I just got really honest with myself. I'm like, all right, Mark, you're, you're not doing this. You're not being consistent here. You're not dedicating enough time here. Um, and then at the same time, like, I, I don't want to feel like a douche for saying this, right, but fine. like, I've started many, 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 many businesses, many projects, many ventures that I look back in my life, just like all the time when I was a kid. All of the successful ones, before I started, I get like this spidey sense. I just get like this, call it maybe like an entrepreneurial tendency where I'm like, oh shit, like this, this thing here could like, I, I'm seeing the future play out, right? Yeah. And so I started to get the same thing with the podcast. There weren't that... There were a lot of people doing it, but it wasn't as much as today. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm at like 11 episodes, 12 episodes. I'm starting to see like some kind of um, impact here. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was, all right, I'm just going to put in all the marbles. And like literally from that next day, I just started to tackle it super hard. I started to use LinkedIn as a platform to so invite guests on my show. Later on, I ended up having... Um, uh, one of the dudes from Gary V's content team to come on my podcast yes. after we record, uh, Kyle Mogad. Okay. He told me he was like, because after we recorded the podcast, he he sent me a text and he was like, dude, you like, do you have um, do you have like a piece of micro content or something for me to put up on my Facebook page <laughs> yeah. to promote to my audience or to his audience? And I was like, no, nah, I don't, I don't really do that. And so he told me he was like, dude, you got to start yeah. like promoting this stuff. You got to start getting it out there. Mm-hmm. And like once I started doing that, it was like one week after another. And I'd say things really hit for me in August of last year. I got on like some of my biggest all-time guests. Yeah. Apple ranked my show in like the top 100, literally directly next to Tim Ferriss, NPR, Gary Vee, like just some crazy people. Mm-hmm. And like when that happened, a thousand other doors started to open up for me, of course. Um, and like that really gave me the sign. But honestly, Every month was like a progression in my mindset and then my outward. Like in January, I started to post like three times a week. And then in like May, I was like, I'm going to post five times a week. And then in June, July, right before my podcast popped, I made it daily. And I like every time it was just like this like incremental way of me putting in the reps. Um, Up to that point, whenever I had like a oh man, nobody's going to watch this, nobody's going to listen to this, those kinds of thoughts. I just powered through it anyway, kind of the same way that, you know, if you feel like you don't, you don't want to go to the gym or you don't want to wake up, it's the same thing. Today, it doesn't really happen that often, but there are always thoughts that do arise. Not of, are people going to listen to this or not, but it's like, like I'm just putting out an episode after the other. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just a part of human nature of our minds having the potential to think of anything, for sure. So- you said, you said, you had 11, 12 episodes, and then you decided mm. to go all in. You're like, there might be something here. Talk to me about the difference between there might be something here, and this is what I want to do. Because I could go, dude. I don't. I don't. Uh, I could go work at a deli, and I could be the best sandwich maker there. I could make the customers happy. I could be the regular. I'd be the guy who could memorize Crispy's order. I'd be like, oh yeah, tune on, we got it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I could, I could, so, okay, so here we are. I can do that. I could see the potential in doing that, but like, there's clearly a difference. And like, so what, like, yeah, what I would see. you say to people? 
like yeah. I can do this, so I'm just gonna go for it. Versus this is what I want to do because I think there's a huge line. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And here's the thing, I think once you start, sort of. I think you need the the desire first. I think 100% that needs to be at your core. But I don't think the desire is something maybe for necessarily something specific, right? So like I don't think everyone has a desire to like post a podcast episode five times a week, right? I think these are very sort of like technical and logistical things that we maybe don't even see in like our, our big goals, right? But at the same time, I had that deep downburn desire of like, oh, dude, I need to get to like the 12-year-old version of Mark that's in some kind of a middle school right now, that's in some kind of scenario. And if I can like jump in there, maybe I'll say something or two that like later he'll look back on his life and it'll be like a big shift in his mindset and then outwardly his life. It's like I had that going for sure. And then it's just a matter of like looking at previous patterns of history. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, I had done this YouTube thing, like I don't even talk about it, but the YouTube channel that I ran when I was like 12, 13, that ended up getting like 35,000 subscribers before any, like it, it was, and here's the thing, I quit. I quit because whenever I told anybody in real life, they would just like, dude, you're a loser. Like, how do you, how do you like record videos of yourself on the internet? Like before it was mature. So I ended up quitting the same thing with the podcast. So it's like, I understood, okay, this whole technology thing is popping off right now. Um, Basically, everyone in the world has a phone. How can I get in front of these people? I see this opportunity of a podcast from the personal and professional sides that we talked about before, but also just like its ability to literally get in somebody's ear. I was about to pull up my AirPods. And it's like, when you start to look at that, it really just becomes a matter of how many reps do I need to put in? It's like the same thing of, okay, I want to have a six pack. I want to have a ripped body you should probably associate that with going to the gym every single day. But it's like, if you don't do the reps, it just will never show up. And it's honestly, in my opinion, it's not even about focusing on the reps. I think a lot of people, like people talk about focusing on the process, like the day-to-day tasks, that's what we will be doing. Mm -hmm. I think you do need to focus on that a little bit, but I also think a major piece of it is like the underlying piece of like delaying gratification, uh, having that desire built in you because you know you could work on this and 10 years down the road you'll be the person that is able to impact little 12 year olds that were of me so it's yeah. like once you marry those two and you have something bigger than yourself the reps that you put in every day what you have to do just becomes like it becomes air it becomes oxygen